Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I don't want to be a drug lord, Emma. And I was going to be a drug lord, but then I had this terrible mishap with one of these little fans that I bought down the market. Honestly, you wouldn't believe it. Electrocuted, exploded, and I tell you what, I want my money back more. Wherever you've gone, I'm going to find you. Connor. I do have some advice for that, you know. You could send an Irish guy round and they can tell her that they've seen the videos. They're not impressed and you are going to find her. Yeah, yeah. And and Frankie's not impressed either. Like, he would always say that as well, wouldn't he? That Irish guy. He would. (laughs) I so miss him. I really want to know the mystery behind that man. (laughs) But I have to ask another question, Emma. What have we got coming up this week? We have your usual roundup. Your hero and slapping Dan. But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother. Yes, I am. My boy. Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next, ripping each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. Linda still serving from the bar. And Frankie's helping. I love it. It was like a little rave when we came to them this week. It was like, you know, we didn't have any sort of context. Instantly, we're just partying away down in the Vic with Linda and Frankie. And I'm living for it. Mick, well, it's rubbed off on him. After seeing the Irish guy, he wasn't impressed. He's not impressed. Not at all. Not when he's trying to have his cup of tea and all he can hear is the bass coming through the cup. He's not happy. He isn't happy. And do you know who else isn't happy, Emma? Well, it's the same person who's never happy. It's your favourite <laughs> friend of the show, Nancy. <laughs> That's like my first note. Nancy's still unhappy and angry. <laughs> I have to say, there is a bit of like strange behaviour going on with Nancy because she just never seems to be happy at the minute. Never. Like, there's nothing happiness. There's not even an ounce of happiness in anything that she does. There's well, nothing. She had this, like, healthy drink or something. And hey God, I know. Linda didn't realise and threw it out. <laughs> no, um... Linda thought it was mould. And to be fair, to be fair, the Carters do have a habit of keeping mould in cups. Because Tina used to love keeping mould in cups. <laughs> do you remember? She used to love to keep mould in cups. She really <laughs> did. She, she really liked to do that. And then Ash kicked her out because of it. Yeah, because she kept leaving them in the bathroom. Yeah, in the bathroom. That was weird. Oh, Tina. Oh, but Tina. Tina loved mold. Oh, she did. Oh, Tina. See, now, if that had been left out and Tina was still around, she would have had that. (laughs) She would have had that. There would be no need of wasting it. (laughs) I do think Nancy's reaction to being binned was, like, extreme. Extreme. She was like, (sighs) and then, like, stormed off. I was just like, it's a drink. That you can literally make at any point. It's a smoothie. Or you could go and buy from the shop. Yeah. Go and get, get, an, get a hold of yourself. Yeah, go and get a nice innocent smoothie. You love an innocent. Oh, I love the ones where they do little knitted hats. I, I like the <laughs> strawberry and banana one. They're, they're nice. That's that my favourite too. Say oh, we're, we're meant to be friends. Hide we mine. are meant to be friends. <laughs> but Linda speaks for everyone here. Linda speaks for the whole nation watching EastEnders. When Nancy storms off like a spoiled little brat, Linda says the words that we all thought in that moment. If she's going to be living here, 
And it's gonna ha- if it's gonna work, her attitude has to change. Exactly. It she's does. got a proper attitude. She's just ever since she's come back, she's just always angry. <laughs> no, I'm like, Jesus. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm like, what next? She's gonna just get in a car and plow down four innocent people. I mean, you never know, do you, on the square? You never know what's going to happen on the square. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah, Nancy this week might be drinking smoothies, but next week she might be committing vehicular homicide. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frankie's had enough of attitude too. So. Oh, yeah, she's done. The tension is just too much in that household and she just, no, she's not having it. So she goes and sees her and brings her a new drink because it was as... We said that easy to to get. So, I mean, it sounded disgusting as well. It did. Can I just say the smoothie itself? I don't know how anyone can have kale in a smoothie. I'm sorry if yeah. you do. Like peace and love to you. You know, don't mean any offence. But my God, kale in a smoothie with berries. I just couldn't. And then I love it because we have the weirdest. I think the weirdest moment we've had in a long time on this show. We've had quite a few, but um, this. It's definitely crept in there to kind of be like, that was odd. That was very odd that that just happened there. And it's where Nancy and her sister are talking and suddenly Peter decides, I'm going to try and flirt. It's like, he like does it into a conversation that doesn't involve him. Yeah. He just like inserts himself. He's like, can I get a bit of that? And she's like, oh, where did you come from? That's creepy. Because she was like, I'm doing a session later if you fancy joining to her sister. And then all of a sudden, Pia's just like, hello, ladies, can I join into this? And she's like, oh, go, get away. Get away, you. I feel like getting a little broom and being like a little old lady going, shoot, shoot. Get out of here. Get out. Get back over in that corner where you were flirting with some other poor innocent woman who doesn't want it. That was like, weird because that was the, that was his client as far as I'm aware. And he was like, and next time we'll make you even more beautiful than you already are. Oh, oh, you little creep. It's both offensive in like multiple <laughs> different ways, like and gross. Like, firstly, he's saying that she's obviously not attractive to begin with, like, but not as attractive as what she could be. Secondly, he's also flirting with her in a position of authority over her. Like, so stop strange. it! You're meant to be professional, you creep. <laughs> like, imagine you're doing like squats or something with your like gym instructor, and he just goes, "Oh yeah, just a little bit lower." Exactly. That's exactly what Pierre's doing. It it's is. creepy. It is. It's creepy. And did you think he was a bit too young for her as well anyway? Oh, well, we know Pia likes an older lady anyway. We uh, know. Oh, oh no, After... no, 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 I <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I just reminded Emma of the moment that yeah. she dreaded and was horrified by. Yes, um, she, uh, she, she still fears the moment when Peter ended up with Suki. <laughs> oh, God, I totally erased that from my memory. It is so weird, by the way, that they have never addressed that since. No, why was it necessary? Because there's nothing really going on with him and Ash. Are they no, together? Not, Are they no. not? What's happening? That is so bizarre. So Ash is broken up with, obviously, Ikra. Clearly, a little bit has to do with Peter and her feelings for him. They sort of were dating. And now suddenly, that's completely gone. It's like a, a bomb just went off and it's completely dis- disintegrated that storyline. It's gone. He's flirting. He's flirting with other women, so... Yeah, and Peter's away at the gym. Ash isn't... Well, Ash is never on screen. Uh, <laughs> no. I don't know where she is. <laughs> I would say she's working, but sometimes we know she likes to just go and hang around the Albert for most of her shifts. <laughs> like, we know that. We know the truth. We do. Well, 
Frankie's not up for this training session, not just because Pierre was creepy and weirdly inserted himself into that situation, but because she thinks that this sesh would be better suited to someone else, to Linda. It's a great way to make friends with her again. I was just like, why can't Nancy just go home with like a, a box of chocolates and say, yeah. sorry, ma'am. Like, sorry like for some, being a pain. <laughs> yeah, like something like nice rather than like, right, we're going to do a 12-hour workout. <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? That's that's not nice. I'm seeing that as more of a punishment. Yeah, I would be like, God, I blooming hate you. At the end of that, I wouldn't make us like you. No. It's like it. It's so weird. It is so weird. There's no choice of yeah. Let's make my mum do like you know burpees and flipping. You know, a few 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 jogging uh, sessions. Let's get her on them. Uh, get her on them bikes. Let's get her flipping work. Never sweat for three hours. Go on, get her on them bikes. <laughs> Maximum intensity, maximum difficulty. You're going to be feeling like you're going to run up Everest at the end of this. Like, it's like, Jesus. This isn't very awe-inspiring. It's just going to make her very ill. And what Nancy doesn't know, um, only Mick and Linda know, um, is that Linda's pregnant. So she's going to this session, but trying to hide her baby bump, which Mick says, like, nothing's hiding that now, Linda. I love instead of just, you know, telling Nancy the truth, she would prefer to actually put herself at risk. <laughs> you know, the truth is so scary that Linda is willing to die for it. Like, you know, the, she would prefer that. She would prefer that than just being honest. Who knew having sex with Max could create the shame alone? She can't have people knowing she slept with Max. Like, it's outrageous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she's so full of shame <laughs> with Max. it reminds <laughs> me of friends where uh, Phoebe's like no good comes with having sex with Ross <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but change it to Max <laughs> it is that isn't it and it's always like it's like extreme it's like she'll become like a social leper that she'll never be able to work in that town again if like we ever knew <laughs> that she slept with Max it's like my life would be ruined a bunch of people just going behind and going shame shame with a bell <laughs> God, I love it. I just love it. And then, so poor, poor Linda goes along because she can't bring herself to just be honest to her daughter. She goes along, overexerts herself, and naturally has a like has a moment where she feels lightheaded, falls, and is like, you know, it's off. Like it's really not well. But my favorite thing is Nancy's reaction to this. You see your mother collapse. <laughs> this is bizarre. <laughs> What would be your reaction? Would it be, oh my God, mum, are you all right? Or would it be, mum? Mum? And then she doesn't even think of calling the ambulance first. She's like, I think Sharon was more concerned than Nancy. Yeah, Sharon showed more concern in five seconds, like, of seeing this than what Nancy did for, like, being around this, like, unconscious mother of hers, like, for, like, the entire time. She was like, mum, are you all right? (laughs) Mum, do you want to just leave you? I'll make you a cup of tea and I'll leave you there for a bit. See, you, see if you can pull yourself around. Right, see you later, ma'am. Bye. I've got another client over there. See you later. That's what Nancy was like. It was like it was nothing. But your mum's just passed out. <laughs> like, is, is this what normally happens in Nancy's sessions? Because she seems so unperturbed. <laughs> it was so strange. Well, let's be honest. She has no qualifications to work there. And she's yeah, teaching people true. this. So probably, yes. Yeah, true. She's probably a bit like, well, to be fair, you're lucky, man, that you, you only passed out. I've had three clients die already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you don't die in a session with Nancy, you've not done it right. 
you've not done the session right. Like, sorry, <laughs> just not tried hard enough. <laughs> if, you, if you don't go from um, crunch time to the cokers, that's not correct. That, that's not correct. I love that. <laughs> crunch time to the cokers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But you're right, Sharon immediately rushes over because it's obviously our friend. And I just want to say again, we are so glad that Linda and Sharon are friends again. It was miserable watching them not be friends. Oh, I know. I like them too. I love them. They're such good, like, they, they've got really good comedy and stuff with them. And they're really close. You can feel the energy, like, in their characters. Like, I don't know, like, you can just feel the kind of chemistry there. So I just live for them. I just think they're they're fabulous together. And it was devastating when they weren't. So I was happy that it was like Sharon there supporting her when she had passed out and like coming round. I mean, God knows where Nancy was. She was like, you know, off getting more kale or something. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, Sharon, seeing Sharon be there to support her was just lush. And obviously Sharon then finds out that Linda's pregnant um, because Linda is very worried she can't feel the baby and for the last few weeks she has been able to um and she's in a lot of pain and so sharon immediately gets her well i say immediately i was about to say immediately gets her help but like i I don't know if it's covid or if it's just ash's sloppiness like but i tell you what warfare general need to hurry up their game because she was like the the, they're coming the ambulance is coming then the next minute the ambulance is coming would you like a glass of water don't worry, Linda, the ambulance is still on its way. They said they're going to take you out on a, a stretcher. Don't worry. I'm like, Sharon, where are they? Where are they? This is like three hours later. This is like, it's all right, I'll just go home now. To be fair, they could have just took her there themselves quicker. I know, that's true, just driven her. <laughs> or walked. God knows yeah, I swear it's only around the corner. Yeah. Thankfully, after going to the hospital, baby is okay. She just, she did just overexert herself. She shouldn't have been doing that. She should have just been honest and didn't put her body through that pain. And I like that she disclosed to Sharon first that it was an affair with Max over disclosing it to anyone else. Because I think Sharon's one of those people who will actually not judge her. Sharon has been there herself. Yeah, and I think, yeah, she's a perfect person to confide in because she's been there. She's done that. And... Yeah. and even like Linda getting to actually tell like Nancy and stuff, like, that was that was like kind of important, wasn't it? Because she's like, you know, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her now. Um, and eventually she does. And Nancy's like, wow, dad really is like super dad. Well, I mean, is he or is he just like a... Because was, she was like, you two really are couple goals or something. And it's like, well, they're not. They're just ordinary people. They're flawed people. Um, but they don't, they don't allow those flaws to completely consume them and destroy their relationship. I think that's the important thing, isn't it? Like... Mm. They accept each other's flaws. However, there was a moment in Mick that kind of made us a little bit anxious because he looked a little bit disheartened or kind of not with the idea of having this child mm. when Nancy was saying that those things. Like, he was really on couple goals and things. Like, dad's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Like, all these things. Like, I just think... Then they may be going down the route of making Mick not want this child, and I just don't think that's the right the right route for him. I don't feel like that's the right characterization of Mick. No, I think yeah, they could do that, and then um, because that'll obviously explain when she goes on maternity leave, um, and then when she comes back, it's all about Mick trying to bond with the child who we find out will be his. Because I'm I'm confident 
We're going to go we down that. I'm for everyone, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I am still confident that Phil is Albie's father. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were convinced that Albie was going to be revealed to be Phil's. And it, do you know what? It might still happen. We know what EastEnders is like. <laughs> they come back and like, nah, nah, we're going to throw this in there and just make it part of the canon now. Like, you know, Ruby's mother's dress when really the whole house burnt down to the ground. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, Johnny Allen loved that dress. He loved that dress so much. It was very expensive. Loved he had it more than it. his entire family. Yeah, that dress cost more than his whole house. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like that they keep doing with Linda is um, she's mentioned how much she loved apples in previous pregnancies and like nearly every scene with Linda, you see her eating an apple. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, they're so clever on that. Like, <laughs> And how like they kind of are able to always bring those little like, you know, mentions in and then like show it i just think it's really good reference into like past comments made by her and things i just love it I, i'm living for it i think this is a really good storyline actually like that we're seeing play out but i just hope they don't kind of mangle all the characters involved in it <laughs> i'm just praying <laughs> mo has been invited onto a cruise with fat elvis <gasps> and she doesn't want to go oh it's gonna be a, it's gonna be blue honeymoon for sure, isn't it? It's gonna be so devastating for Elvis. He'd just be sat by himself thinking, "I wish I took someone else. I wish I took Jean." <laughs> I mean, like, I just live for this like whole idea that her and for Elvis have been having this like you know on-off relationship for ages, and now, now it's kind of become serious for Fat Elvis, and he's like, you know. Um, inviting her on a cruise and he wants to like kind of spend some time quality time just her and him I live for that like, I love how we've is... always heard about him and I think we've seen him a total of once yes we have that's literally the only I think we've only ever seen him once yeah, yeah. I, I live for the idea that like you know you're never too old you're never too old to find love you're never too old to kind of have a relationship and you know what you're never too old you're never too Taylor you're never too Taylor <laughs> <laughs> you're never too E20, never too Connor, never too Emma. <laughs> That's what we see here. That's what we see. And I live for, for just this whole storyline. Like Phil's delivering the flowers that were left on the doorstep to Mo, which is just everything. And Jean's like having a conversation about how she's been electrocuted by a toaster of Mo's. And Vi's not happy with Mo because Mo's flipping spotty fans are, are dodge and stuff i was just like this is everything what a way to start someone's <laughs> departure week like we've got everything here i'm gonna miss her yeah i am very much gonna miss her maureen um has been an absolute joy since the day she actually came onto the square one of my all-time favorite scenes in the history of EastEnders is when her and pat squared up in the square like as it comes over and you've got that music's like playing do 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 you know like that kind of music's like playing and then um like uh gary's it's gary's music and then it starts like blaring away and becomes all like ravey music and Mo's like will you turn that ready racket off and it's just like everything everything of where she used to go and who are you you old prosy to to pat i just lived for that so I'm going to be sad when, when she actually leaves. Um, she's been a fantastic character to watch. And she's always brought lots of light to the square. Oh, she is humour. Like, she is humour personified. Every time she's ever been involved in a storyline, it's always brought humour and comedy. And me and Emma are all about that, yeah. We don't like to take the soap too seriously. 
you know, sometimes we do. Like, obviously, there's some serious conversations that need to be had. But for the most part, we like to have, like, a fun, upbeat atmosphere and more. And the Slayers definitely generate that, which is why they're so we're so fond of them. Like This week in particular as well really showed the Slayers for, what, like, who they are and what they bring exactly. to the show. I think they bring so much fun, so much humour. And it's always done so well with them. Yeah, I mean, even this week, like, we start with a bit of a subtle hint, don't we? Because... Mo's a bit worried about Jean's, like, Jean, and that she thinks she's keeping secrets that she might be dying. Um, but she's also keeping a secret of her own, isn't she? Because she keeps on having, like, gardening gloves and, and random gardening instruments, like, strewn around the house. <laughs> and everyone's a bit like, wonder what she's up to. She always keeps going and popping by the garage, just having a quick look. Yeah, just checking on things. Checking on what, Mo? Checking on what? Just have to get her luggage sorted. Is that right, Mo? Is that what's in that cupboard? I, I love when um, she went in she was like, oh, I thought my sunglasses were in there. In the garage. <laughs> in the garage, yeah, where you famously leave them. <laughs> and Jean decides she's going to tell Mo her secret. And it's a big one, guys. It's a big one. Oh, it's huge, Anna. Absolutely huge. It's almost as big as Billy's banana. Well, turns out, since Sharon and Jean took a couple of chocolate bars not long ago, well... Jean really, really enjoyed that. Give her a bit of a rush. And um, she does it regularly now because of those inflated <laughs> prices in the Minute Mart. I was like, oh my God, that's all we've been wanting. Jean's life of crime. I mean, she stole that van. She lets herself into Ruby's house, into her work. She makes her yeah. own tea while she's there. Yes. Yeah. She's living her best criminal life. She opens people's mail. She steals Chantel's necklace. She'll do anything now. She doesn't care. She's carefree. <laughs> she's dying. She doesn't care anymore. Like, she's just living her best wildlife, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that her biggest crime is stealing all those chocolate bars, though, as well. Like, that's just everything. <laughs> How does she take so many and Suki doesn't notice? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> she's like a hope normally, Suki, isn't she? She's always, like, checking all of her stock and inventory and things, and she's always, like, on the the like counters and the the shelves and stuff isn't she? she's always sorting things on the shelves how did she not notice i thought at first that maybe jean was just like covering to make mm. up to like make mo stop talking but then she references it still later on so i'm like oh maybe you really do this jean <laughs> yeah no no i think she really does <laughs> <laughs> and you know what jean's very sad She's very sad. The laundrette's going. Nothing lasts forever. But Kat's more worried about Mo. They have to have a party. But why do they have to have a party? Because why is Kat's worried? Jean says, no, don't you worry. Because Mo's always got a plan of something. She's always got a finger in so many pies. <laughs> I was like... <gasps> It's Georgina Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this whole time, Mo's been helping her. Maybe. That's where she's going. It's not for Elvis who's paying for this cruise. It's Georgina Barnes. <laughs> They're she's off. finally making fit. They're off on a cruise to go around the world to put their fingers in pies. That's where it is. She's just going to go around to all these different bakeries everywhere. <laughs> just be like, oh, yeah, get my fingers in all them pies. And while they're there, they might meet Gavin putting the cigarettes out in fairy cakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might, might make a whole go of it with them. Might make a partnership with them. 
<laughs> but I live for that being like the actual line that you said. And then I just love that like they were like, let's have a party, then let's have a proper send off for them Slater style. Oh, it was amazing. And it was everything. Tropical drinks, pina coladas, flipping sunglasses that are in the shape of flowers and daisies and things. It was just everything. Pineapple, flipping sunglasses, things like that. It was just everything. Hawaiian shirts. Hawaiian shirts. I get do, do, do. Post-pineapple, the tree. I get do, do, do. I was just like, oh my God, this is literally every, every primary school disco. And it's just perfect. Mo thinks she's being discreet. Jean thinks she's insane and that this is definitely the furthest thing from discreet. Um, Martin decides he wants a piece of the action. He wants to know what's going on. Uh, too bad, Martin, because you're scum of the earth and you've got no right to come over. I loved Jean here, where he's like, so, Mo, where are you going? Where, where's first on, where's your first stop? And Jean's like, taxi Portsmouth boat Barbados. Anything else, Martin? Is anything, anything else you need to know? Do you know what I would have said? Not right now, Martin. Because that's what he said to Jean, didn't he, the other day? Yes. When she came with a genuine concern for his child, when he married Stacey, and when he lived with Stacey for all those years, he adopted those kids. He they did, are his yeah. kids. He adopted Lily. And, yeah, and lived. Jean just went, not right now, Martin. Not right now. <laughs> all I care about is Mo. I have to worry about Mo. Martin really annoyed me here as well because um, mm. Zach's genuinely concerned because he had saw Jean and he was like, oh, you're right. And she was saying about Mo. And then he heard her when she mumbled, like, I might not be here when she gets back. And um, that's just playing around in his head. And Martin's like, it's not my worry anymore. It's got nothing to do with me. Um, excuse me. Lily's her grandchild, Arthur's her grandchild and Hope's yeah. her grandchild. So therefore, you're still part of the family. Yeah, you're connected. Also, just from a human level, if yes. I thought that neighbours or something was dying and was lonely, I wouldn't be like, see you later, love. Like, even Zach's looking at him like, what? Yeah, I know. Comes to think when even a random newbie like <laughs> Zach is like, what? Zach has this connection as well to Jean because he says she brought him to the square. Now he's, he is worried because that just doesn't seem right. Yeah. And he reminded me in these parts... Of Martin. That was the Martin that oh, I liked. I don't know what's actually happened to Martin, but to say something like, oh, this was me other favourite. Yeah, well, I just think she's probably just down. Wow, Martin. And I wonder why, Martin. Could it have something to do with your wife? Sending down her daughter, despite knowing that Jane's cancer's come back. Could it have something to do with the fact that you took all of her grandchildren from her. Um, could it be for the fact that you have now basically abandoned one of those grandchildren and she's left to deal with all that trauma and, and trouble that's going to be occurring for Lily? I don't know what could... And also all the other family are basically abandoned. What could go wrong with her? Why I, isn't I, she I, I wonder so happy? why, I wonder why. It's crazy. Well, you're just going to have a lovely time with no care in the world. Time yeah, he's, honestly, that line now, tipped me over the edge. But I was just like, I can't believe the goal of this man to say these things. He's so repulsive. He's almost as bad as like Ruby's, you know, like we now think Ruby's basically despicable because of knowing that Jean's dying and, mm-hmm. and his delivery sent down Stacey anyway. That is despicable. And Martin's like on his way there where he just shows absolutely no care or consideration for this woman. A woman who's been kind and caring towards him. Every time that he's ever met her, like any time that he, you know, needed help, she was always there. I feel like it's just rotten. Well, Zach goes and checks up on her because Mo has left in style. She's left oh. in, was it a limo? 
He had also left a little one. like, ears higher. That, that Elvis, that's a bit above his pay grade. That's got to be Georgina Bonds. It's got to be Georgina <laughs> Bonds. She's like, come on, Mo, we've got to get finger in pies. It was part of the business. That, that's their <laughs> empire that they're going to. <laughs> they're building empires all over the place. Everyone, watch out. And I, I lived for the bit where, like, everyone was clapping and waving her off. And I really felt like, because I, I know she said it's just a break. Yeah. And it might just be a break. Like, I always, but I always worry that these breaks might not be breaks and mm-hmm. that they may not decide to come back. The clapping and everything was fab. To me, she left the way only Mo could. Yes. <laughs> it was nearly as good as that time, do you remember, when she left that other time and she drove off with all that money in the back of the car and the money all just streamed yeah. out. <laughs> she does have those exits where you do, like, smile and you do remember. Yeah. And it's you do. only like and she could do. Fun. Yeah, they're always fun. They're very in character with her. So yeah, yeah. Um, she's left Jean with a bit of a business venture. And Zach says, if you need anything, I'm here. She's like, well, I, I do have something. She doesn't want to be a drug lord. <laughs> I died at this <laughs> That was the best was... line ever. Ever in the history of Eastenders. Absolutely. <laughs> I live for the fact that like Mo, I just leave it. She goes, "Well, enjoy your adventure." And she goes, "Well, I've left you an adventure." And she's like, "Has not She's left me a flipping whole lot of mess." And then we see it. And she's like, "I don't want to be a drug lord." <laughs> All these massive flipping marijuana plants everywhere. That's what Mo's been getting up to, guys. She's been flipping drug dealing out of the Slater's house. And this shot in it. And well, the police have been round, but luckily that was for another one of Mo's business ventures. But that means... Some poor soul has been maimed by one of our fans, essentially. <laughs> it's exploded to the bar mitzvah. <laughs> but Jean's now even more worried because that means they're, they're on the scene. And, well, she's got to just look out. So rather than um, look suspicious, she, um, she puts on a sun hat, blasts some music, sits out on yeah. one of those chairs at a beach ones and uh says she just looks like she's on a staycation i'm like no gene you you now look suspicious suspicious. yeah (laughs) i love it i love when she's just sitting there listening to bewitched i was like flipping heck it's back in the 90s for us (laughs) great i was like yeah i was like love it (laughs) 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 so balam are back from their honeymoon Balloons back in town, town, town. <laughs> Whatever that song was when we were all young. <laughs> it's no honeymoon suite for them. No. So Vi's still at Rainey and Stewart's, and obviously they've had the big um, thing with Phil. So they're at Rainey and Stewart's, and it's a very, very small flat. Very like flat. small. Very small. Very small, as Kat would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute ho, never did change. <laughs> well, we must say, we must say, we do have exciting news. There is a special coming where we will have some more red water and something to do with classic episodes. But that's all we'll say for now. That's, that's all we'll say, say for that's now. That's all we'll say now. That's all we'll say now. It's a it's a special anniversary. But that's all we'll say. That's all we'll say. Yeah, in that very 
small. Very plant. small. I mean, even the even that blow bed's very small, isn't it? That blow bed, very small. I was yeah, like, they're on well, a blow bed in the in the living room, and it, it's very small. I mean, you can just the minute that they got that blow bed out, I just thought, well, cue the awkward squeaking and shuffling noises when they're trying to get comfy. Oh God, I know. Comfy on one of their beds, can you? Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. Do you remember when um? You had to lie on one when you came to Huddersfield. Yes, my, um, I used to come visit yeah. and like stay on the stay on the floor. I used to sleep on the floor. What I found really weird. So they came home. Poor Callum. The poor guy had to go straight to work. I'm sorry. I don't believe that for one second. That guy, I love him, but no one in this world, not a single soul, goes straight back to work on the day you get back in. You just don't know when you're going to get back because delays, all sorts. Yeah. You just Anything don't know. Someone else is happy. That Ben's back. Is his old pal Karat? Yes. Besties. I actually live for them being like best friends, you know, because Ben comes back and he's brought like a gift from Holdy. And I was like, oh my God, I would never <laughs> I even thought that. Do you remember back when we were kids and a gift from Holiday would be a stick of rock? Yeah, I mean, that was everything then. You knew your best friends for life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and what about. Those tubs, I still get these on holiday. The the tubs with the chocolate uh, thing in where it's like got the I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> <laughs> the tubs with the chocolate in chocolate boxes. <laughs> they got like the twirly chocolate things in. Oh, I don't know. Oh God, what are they called? I'll t- oh God, on air research, guys. Um, twirly chocolate things. <laughs> <laughs> Reese have them. Chocolate Yarn Holiday. What's it called? What's it called? In a box. <laughs> Has Emma made sync up again, guys? In a tub, even. In a <laughs> if it's tub. real, message in. <laughs> oh, um, chocolate you get on holiday. <laughs> In a tub. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. You found them? <laughs> yes. The These. Real. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are they called again? I've forgotten them. Oh, chocolate hazelnut wafer tin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. Well, my research actually paid off it worked, for one. guys. It was, it was chocolate wafers in a tin or <laughs> <something>. <laughs> Oh, they're literally... And here they've got a pot called Twisties. Oh, okay. So they, they do them in England now, guys, yeah. if you want. Ra- you don't have to wait for friends to come back from their holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Wafer rules, these ones are called. I think they just all have different names, like, for different places, maybe. But yes. Wow. So now I guess you don't they're have real. to wait till your friends are on, on the holidays. Yeah, you- you but, can get them now, Emma. You can go and get them now. <laughs> they taste much better when they've come from a holiday. They do. They taste They taste exotic, don't they? That's what it is. They taste yes. exotic. So, yes, that's what I mean. So you get that, or a stick of rock. It's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, childhood, eh? I, I used to get people, like, I used to get, like, my grandma on that, like, a fan whenever I went to yes! school. Yes! A fan or a fridge magnet. Yeah. Yes. Like that. I got a this like wooden lizard stack, the like wooden lizard thing that you still got in a garden. <laughs> it's like still there, it's still above a gate. That's the whole. Why is it when you used to go on holiday, you get like those oh, friendship bracelets? You get like something. Oh, 
Well, Sorry, okay. like that. <laughs> well, when you would get like a necklace if you're a boy, if, if or a girl. I mean, where you know very equal opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> but you would get like those like necklaces that were predominantly worn by boys at the time, and they would like be like just an ordinary like black like string, and then they'd have a shark tooth at the end of it or something. <laughs> and they would, uh, you would always be like, I, I got this from a shark, you know. Yeah, almost died from being killed by a shark. <laughs> times when you were a kid. I just live for the fact that Ben actually brought like gifts back for Karat though. That's just everything. And they're like, yeah, you call me bestie. <laughs> yeah, I do I like their friendship. friendship. And um, Karat is quick to kind of, to make a, a point of saying, Ben, since we're such good friends, can, can he kind of lend us some muscle? Because like, Jags has sort of been fighting in jail and now he's got like a death threat over his head and now everyone's to kill him. Do you mind? And like Ben's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I was like, wow, they really are best friends. <laughs> Normally Ben would have been like dragging him over the coals for that, wouldn't he? He'd be like, be like 100 grand. <laughs> 100 grand now. Um, and then maybe 100 grand tomorrow as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then maybe 50,000 if, uh, you know, if we're talking interest. <laughs> like, you know, just do a full Ellie Nixon. Just do a full Ellie Nixon. It was quite the week of friendships. Callum was meeting up with um, his work friend, Fitzy. <gasps> I love him. I just want to say, I actually love him. I feel like I've seen him somewhere before and I don't know where where from. But I got that and I don't know if I have. And it's a friendship that doesn't have Callum having to be, you know, blackmailed to get, like, information on Phil. So that's a plus. That's always a plus. <laughs> I live for that fit, like, new, new what Ben's order would be. He's like, skinny lolly, skinny lolly, and then, like, went off and got it. I was like, oh, I live. I was like, he's, like, already best friends with Balam. I was like, if they kill Fitzy off, I will not be happy. I want him to be the the renewal of their vows. I just love that, like, Fitz and, like, like Callum were, like, having this little convo and, like, just sharing their relationship wars and stuff. I, I love how you're like, like best friends with him now because you're like Fitz. I'm best friends with Fitzy. I'm like, I'm, yeah, Fitz. Fitz, he's best friend. <laughs> I just call F on the on the weekend, just F, F dog. Um, comes around every week, comes around every week. We'll have a skinny latte, we'll have a good goss, good look. Did I tell you, he's coming to my wedding. Um, oh, is he? I just, I live for the, the bit where like Callum was like, I just thought it'd be different when I got married. You know, like we would just trust each other and <laughs> Fitz is like, um, He's like, what you thought was just like a magic wand and that suddenly you just have trust. Like, <laughs> and I was like, yes, Fitzy, yes. Like, he's delivering all lines. This is what we normally say. Like, I was like, this is what we said about Whitney and Kush. Like, when she was like, we don't have any secrets, Kush and I. Meanwhile, Kush is lying. <laughs> get the big F on the podcast, eh? Get the big F on. Come on, get him on. Come on, F-dog. <laughs> And then we start to realise that Ben is starting to have doubts about Callum being in the police force altogether. Callum says it's probably because Phil's drilled that into him from a very young age. Which is probably fair. Yeah, he's a bit of a criminal, is Phil, so... Yeah, like, you kind of <laughs> would dislike the police if you were Phil because he's committing crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the police force and Phil are best friends. Like, he will have a good old laugh, me, in the, the, the police station. I mean, then again, he did walk around that police station like he ordered, so you never know. He's been there enough times. He knows his way. Ben's going to see Phil, trying to get Phil back on side, and and Callum's he, um, going to fit me for, like, advice. He also went to Kirat, and he was saying, like, uh, oh, what would you do in, like, a business relationship? And he was like, well, I would 
um I would confront it I would I would talk about it and he was like well do that then <laughs> yeah do the normal thing but just talk just talk <laughs> but like I I do understand that they're very new at this they they both have had like this relationship start in a very rocky place and like Phil's obviously not helping by like being like I just own you Ben like all of these things are going to contribute to this sort of distrust and awkwardness between them but I'm sure they'll get over it I really do think they'll work through this it'll, it'll be a momentary blip a very important day for Phil he's been invited to speak uh, as Bert and Ernie's dad they've really took it to the next level have fat Oh, I love it. I love it now. Fat's literally like, right, that's it. You're adopting all the kids now, Phil. They're all yours. They're all going to have Mitchell on their surname now. I like that cat, like, was saying, I don't know where Ralphie is. That's nice then. Ralph's <laughs> <laughs> clearly a caring parent. Like, I love the way they drop these little lines in where we're just like, so Alfie doesn't pay maintenance and also is no- nowhere to be seen. Lovely. Great. Lovely. Whatever happened to Alfie? Remember when he was that kind, caring young man? I know. We're behind the bar, called Peggy Mitchell, the Duchess. Remember that? I, I do really like this bit with Phil and um, Bert and Ernie as well. Because, like, Bert and Ernie are like, well, we don't have a dad to come with us today. Can you come with us, Phil? And she's like, oh, of course he will. You adorable extras who are never seen or heard about <laughs> for ages. Of course he will. <laughs> I still cannot believe they were called Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Bit of an odd choice, isn't it? How old are Bert and Ernie, right? Because they were with I Raymond. Know, I, I know what you want to say. <laughs> the aging of these kids is outrageous, honestly. Because um, were they in... I know it was a like a holiday thing, so it could be a lot of different ages, but they definitely seemed to be around Raymond's age. Absolutely. And they were born quite a while before Raymond. It was literally, they were in the same class as Raymond, and yet they were born about three years before Raymond. <laughs> they were I don't like, know how their schools work over there. <laughs> they were, like, so childlike. Yeah, Raymond seems more adult. <laughs> 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 Raymond comes through the door, 18. <laughs> I'm Googling when they were born. I'm not having this. <laughs> oh, God, don't get ever with age, honestly. <laughs> well... They've decided just not to add Bert here, but um, okay. I found Ernie. <laughs> so you found the other one by, like, you know, the fact the that fact they're, they're twins. twins. So it's fine. We can just take the one. So they were born in 2014. That seems ages ago, didn't it? <laughs> they're well old then. <laughs> it's 2021 now. So seven. This should be seven. They're not the same age as Raymond then. Why can they that thing? <laughs> and why is Tommy so young still then? I'm so confused. Why, yes. Because Tommy was like, yes, before that. <laughs> well, I'll Google that too. Google that one too, Emma. I'm so confused. Raymond, um, he was born in... Okay, Raymond's four. Right. Why is he then doing the thing with like... What, like seven or eight-year-olds? Tommy Moon was born in 2010, so he's 11. He's older than Lily. Oh, my God. Honestly, these kids, they just their ages are always fluctuating. <laughs> what I do appreciate, though, about this whole thing with the parents evening as well was that when Phil actually went, 
it was like this kind of like war between him and Jack. Like Jack was like, <laughs> you're going to be telling them something. What? Like that you know, how you love dealing with crimes and, you know, you're always... It's like, shut up, Jack. Shut up. When was There's the last case you crimes. solved, Jack? <laughs> exactly. When was the last case? He was stood up going, hey, you know, we, we work on some really terrible crimes. Yeah, have, have some handcuffs and, and have a... Have some handcuffs and have a, a hat there for you. And he was like, yeah, we'll deal with lots of crimes. Yeah, half of them you never solved. You never found Flippin' Bailey. Your daughter did. You never solved Keanu's attempted murder or murder because Keanu turned back up. You never solved Flippin' who hit Ian in the head. You never Flippin' helped the situation with Mick because you basically broke your confidentiality and taught someone outside of the police force a Flippin' ongoing investigations information. Just totally gave up on finding Tina. <laughs> yeah, Tina's dead. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And so I love this idea that he's like, I'm going to be telling them all about how good I am as a police officer. Rather than just not be shady, <laughs> why yeah. did Phil not just say, yeah, I own businesses, I own the... Yeah, I, know he, I know he gave the artist to Ben and stuff, but like, he could still mention that and other things that he does. He doesn't have to be like, yeah, I'm just not going to say anything because I'm a criminal. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like they must own other physical businesses. Yes, they're probably also fronts for criminal activity, like laundering money and probably. things. But, but I do think there are like real, they, it has to have realistic businesses as well to kind of supplement that finance. Yeah, like he, I feel like he didn't just have the archers and the car because if that was all he had, then he wouldn't have even a criminal empire to, to kind of use. Do you know what I mean? Because half of the money was laundered through there and all of the crime was kind of done through those things. So he must have other businesses like bars and nightclubs and pubs. I imagine he does. He might also have something else as well. Oh, he, he does have something in the pipeline. And I feel yeah. like this is an answer to uh, something we've been talking about for a while. <laughs> yeah, because we're the only people who keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do feel sorry for Karen. She gets told she's getting her job back and then gets put up for sale. But also I'm totally <laughs> going to miss the laundrette. I know that's a shocking development. You could have done a taxi rank without getting rid of the laundrette. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it looks like Kat did pass those tests after all. She's going to be a taxi driver. They could have just done that at the car lot and removed the car. Yeah, lot. they did that ages ago, didn't they? Yeah, that's where Pat's was. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Pat and Royce. Mm-hmm. Love that one. Back in, back in the day, yeah. And I love this, like, the way that Balaam's week kind of ends because we have Callum trying his best to to write things with, with Phil and Ben trying to make things right with Phil. And then, you know, Kat kind of gives Callum a, a bit of a, an inspiration that, like, you know, she says a line, like, you know, he's not just the things he's done in the past. Callum then uses that line for himself to defend himself against, like, Ben's distrust of him and and mistrust and i love it because he's made like this whole like lovely evening where he's got like you know a sexy night in with some sangria and um his you know husband sexy husband i think in spanish wasn't it that he said and i was just like i love that that's so nice and so romantic and like and i think ultimately that is how we can live our lives as well we can like you can't you can't blame someone for their their past deeds that you can only you can only dislike them really for what they're doing currently or who they are now like because you don't know like there's mitigating circumstances to to Callum's decisions do you know what I mean so for Ben to be like I can't trust you well Ben why did we ask Callum why he did everything he did and and 
why he felt like he had no other option to do what he did. That's a good place to start and then work through your trust issues. So we're back to a very harrowing storyline now. Um, so obviously trigger warnings for anyone listening. Um, we are back to discussing the Mila FGM storyline. And we basically pick up exactly where we left off last week, where Kathy is very, very much in the mindset, let's phone the police, let's get the authorities involved. Yeah, Mila decides rather than call the police to meet with her mom. And so Ikra takes Keone off to McClunkey's. So Mila confronts her mom and she's saying that she knows what she's going to do to Keone. Um, and she says she feels the way that her mom talks to her, she feels powerless. And like yeah, I she think has that's this, yeah, she has this way of talking to her where she she just doesn't know what to say or how to confront it. Her mother has actually has has taken her somewhere and had this surgery performed on her illegally against her will, and she will feel completely depowered by that act. Like that is someone stripping away any right you have to your own body, to your own sexual gratification, your own sexuality, your any future relationships. They're stripping all that away from you. So to to Mila in this moment when her she's confronting her mother and it's very brave for her to do so, she's trying to stand up as best she can. But to her, she then instantly becomes that little girl again who had no authority, had no control over what was happening to her. So she goes and she goes to find uh, Keone and Ikra. So Kathy brings her mom home because she can't find either of them. And she has it out with her because she's, not happy with this she wants she as you said earlier she still wants to call the police yeah and a mom says um that she has no idea it's expected of her and she's seen people cast out and that's when mila walks in and she's like i'm not letting this happen to my sister mm, like, yeah it's, exactly it's, it's awful it's not happening it happened to me and i'm not happy she even to one at one point says to mila it's just pain for a moment and then, you know, a lifetime of purity or something like that just says. And it's like, no, Mila corrects and says, it's not just a moment of pain. That moment of pain lasts forever. I will have problems for the rest of my life. Keone would have problems for the rest of her life. And any other woman who has undergone the surgery will have problems for the rest of their lives. I think that was a really, really powerful statement to make. Uh, I would have liked more, I have to be honest, because I feel like it kind of gets wrapped up a l- very quickly this week. Mm. I would have probably liked this to be stretched out a little bit further. And it, it might could still return in the future but to me it did need more and yeah I feel like... they had that like conversation and you were starting to get to see their dynamic and yeah um Mila was sharing her story and how it made her feel and how this has impacted her life and mm-hmm. then obviously Keone goes missing because she overheard the conversation yes and then we skip to Mila's man being arrested and we we don't like see any more after that yeah and then like you say kind of all just it all just kind of rushes after that and I was just like no like obviously Keone should just have uh, should have been protected at, at all costs and definitely we shouldn't we shouldn't have ever gotten to a stage where she was like literally on the verge of going to this place but I still think we needed more. Like, we needed more interaction between Mila and her mom. We needed more clashes of, like, cultural belief versus, like, um, you know, right and wrong. Like, we needed more of that 
because to me, for such a big story like FGM, which affects millions of women all over the world, it just felt too rushed. Too I'm, rushed. Yeah, I'm hoping like we explore it a lot more with Mila still and like how yeah. this impacts her life now. Maybe mm-hmm. like we could have delved a bit more into her past and also mm-hmm. a few more conversations because even Ikra mentions it. She's always, she says they need a few more conversations about this because yeah. they've both just kind of left it there. Mila really needs to get her point across to her mother and her mother needs to listen. Yeah. And that's something I she's s- not doing. She's just, she's hearing it, yes, but she's not taking it in. I think you're right. It's important to have that kind of clashing of of like Mila's like real concerns that are shared by anyone who is in any way empathetic and, you know, not bogged down by kind of like the oppression and the traditions that have been put upon Mila's mom. Anyone from the outside will, will we need to see that kind of like clashing of the outside opinion versus Mila's mother's tradition and traditional beliefs. I feel like we need more of that. There is a right and there is a wrong when it comes to um, forcing FGM on people and and just the practice of it by itself. That's just morally wrong. Like, I think you're right. I think when you said as well, like we should have seen more of like on the build up to it, I would have liked a little bit more intimacy issues between Ikra and Mila. Like maybe they were going to have their first night together or something and and you know as things started moving into more the bedroom area then she pulls away has issues around that i feel like we were missing a little bit of those more physical intimacy situations that would arise from fgm i just think there could have been a little bit more i'm not going to be overly critical i just think i needed more from it favorite scene of the week our favorite scene this week is i don't want to be a drug lord (laughs) favorite scene of the week (laughs) our hero this week is jean she provided us with the best ending to an episode in forever oh, ever i'm sorry like i know there was a lot of other characters on this and a lot of other characters definitely were heroic but for me and emma after such a hard week with like all the other storylines going on it was just so nice to have gene end that episode with i don't want to be a drug lord i was just <laughs> like it's just everything that's everything her coming in and finding all these marijuana plants look what happened to poor old Walter right <laughs> Like, I was just like, flipping heck, these lines are killed this man. Her and Zach as well, I love their dynamic. I think them two are great yes. together. Like, that's a good, I think that's a lovely a, friendship. I think he sees a bit of his, like, a man figure in yeah. her. I feel like he sees that in her. Oh, slapping Dan. This week goes to Nancy. I mean, it has to go to her. She was like this miserable, spoiled brat. And then, like, when poor Linda fell out and was, like, passed out, she didn't even seem shocked. She didn't show any level of concern. She was like, I just phoned Dad. I, he, has a, he has a glass of water. See you later. I've uh, got a lot of classes. See you later, ma'am. It wasn't like, Mom, what's happened? It was like, you all right, ma'am? You all right, Mom? Mom? You all right? You all right, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she redeemed herself when she was really nice about the baby news, but, you know, we couldn't let that yeah. go. So. We couldn't let that go. Sorry, Nancy. Sorry, Nancy. Sorry, we'll apologise. We'll apologise for it, but, you know. 
as Jean is our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Jean's. And this week, we will be giving the episodes three Jean's. Now, I have to say this. This week was good, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. And also, I think some of the point deductions that we'll have to make this week on it was to do with the Mila handling of the FGM, because it very much seems that they've kind of wrapped it up and it's not how it should have been done. Me and Emma think that, like, we've said on this podcast, like, we think that there needs to be more time to develop this storyline and it feels a bit rushed and a bit speeded out the door before it's even begun. Um, But having said that, we got all our life with, like, Jean's hilariousness and Moore's fantastic exit. Um, And, you know, it was just great to see that. I just wanted more from a lot of the other stuff. I think we've said this now, like, two weeks in a row, but I really did just crave a little bit more from Fat and from Phil and and Balam and stuff. I felt like those could have done with a bit more. This week's episode is sponsored by Nancy's Crunch Time to Cokers. You haven't lived, you haven't even learned how to work that sweat unless you're almost dying and on the floor and can't breathe and can't even see unless you're passed out and literally no one can help you. That's what Nancy offers at Crunch Time to Cokers. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.